Hey, tryhards, it's Ethan here. Um, before we jump into the episode, just wanted to let you guys know that the best way to spread the word about podcasts is word of mouth. Uh, so after you are done listening to the episode today, um, please screenshot, share, do whatever you want to do, tag me, and you will get featured on the official podcast Instagram or Twitter. Also, please feel free to leave me a rating on iTunes, preferably five stars. If not, I get it, but please explain why if that's not the case. Um, I appreciate your time and enjoy the show. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Triad. I'm Ethan Hewlin, and this week we are rounding out Pride Month with someone who has appeared on the pod before, but this is something about her that we haven't really brought up. So, please, welcome back, Miss Rachel Fox. Rachel. Hi, Ethan. Hi. So, um, listeners, uh, Rachel is demisexual, which is... Not something, at least from what I've heard, that is brought up often. The demi and asexual communities within the LGBT community have been kind of shunned or glossed over in some way because some people don't see them as, like, I'm going to use the term gay enough in air quotes because I don't really know. That's just how I've heard it described. So that's what that's what Rachel's going to talk to us about today. So Rachel, um, what's been your experience, um, both like coming out to people and like what your process has been like, like that led you to this point? It's been interesting. Um, it's not really something that I come out with because it's not really something that affects kind of how I present myself or how I appear to the world. I'm probably going to say some things that might not sound super accurate or whatever. So bear with me because it's just how I feel about it. Um, so demisexuality is more of a sexual orientation. So it's more of a more intimate thing with a partner. It is on the asexual spectrum and it's not necessarily how do I say this? It doesn't necessarily mean that you're not looking for any sort of sexual intimacy or relationship with a partner. It just means that you would only experience that with someone you have a very close emotional connection to. So Really, the only people who've had to know are my partner. Um, But like you said, a lot of demisexuals don't really get recognized as much because you can have another orientation or um, 
gen like just gender orientation. Um, so you could be homosexual, you could be bisexual, you could be pansexual, you could be straight, but still also be demisexual. So it's just, it's kind of everybody's personal preference. Um, but for me, I would only feel comfortable getting into a relationship or, you know, being in a relationship to then potentially get more physically intimate with somebody that I have a really strong connection with, whether it be a friendship, whether it be some sort of platonic relationship, um, or, you know, maybe it is a romantic relationship. Yeah, that that's actually something that I didn't know until relatively recently because Rachel, as of right now, is the only demisexual person that I know. So hearing about these people and um, getting to know them on that level has been something that I've been trying to do pretty consistently for at least the past month or so. Like, I have grown more within these past two or three months than I have in a long time. Um, both in like me being outspoken about certain things as well as me being able to listen because that was my biggest issue is that I was talking instead of listening. And I feel like that people aren't alone in that. So if, if you listener have felt like you either don't know enough or don't feel like you have anything to say, then listen, because that's what I did, and I've grown so much since then. But, Rachel, um, what kind of led you to finding this out about yourself? What was that journey like? Honestly, it was really confusing at first, or it was just kind of different. Um, I noticed it a lot in my my, my past relationship, um, there was just something about my lack of interest in being intimate that I just, like, couldn't really explain, couldn't really understand. And I was actually on YouTube, as I always am, and there's a YouTuber, his name is Evan Edinger, and I had been watching a couple of his videos for a while, and one of his videos popped up um, of him kind of explaining his sexuality. And I love watching those types of videos and, like, educating myself and learning. And he's demisexual. So he made a video explaining all about what it is, what it means to him, and then he included a bunch of links in the description that kind of had a bunch of information and helped him realize that that was how he was going to identify. And as I was reading through all of these articles, I felt validated and I felt heard in how I was feeling. And it provided me a way to explain to my partner at the time what was going on. And it just made me feel heard. And 
Yeah. I'm glad you were able to find a find some sort of comfort in in him and feeling like yes, this is what I've been looking for. Because you know as as this as being LGBT becomes more um, accepted and more normal, people need more of that. People need those those people who are willing to speak up and give them either use their own voice or give someone else a voice to have a way to realize what they've been experiencing. Mm-hmm. You said this doesn't really affect the way you present yourself to the world. And why do you think that is? I think a lot of it is just because for me personally, my sexual preferences are not something that I would just go and talk about to any random person or like I don't present myself that way I'm a very private person when it comes to a lot of things like that so I wouldn't kind of just going around advertising that I'm demisexual I mean a lot of people wouldn't even really know what that was and I have no problem talking to people and explaining and letting them know but if anybody were to look at my dating past and my dating history I am only interested in men so that to a lot of people would just make me look straight so it's really the way I carry myself outwardly I guess people would look at me and just be like oh she's straight because really the only person who would need to know and understand anything more would be my partner. Okay. Have since you have realized that you are demisexual, have you met anybody else who is also that way? Hmm. I've I don't think so I can't think of anybody off the top of my head I have become more aware of more people on the asexual spectrum or under the asexual umbrella Um, because as more and more people are coming out on that spectrum more and more people from the spectrum are feeling heard and validated um I have had a couple of people message me privately and ask me questions because they are starting to learn more about it and maybe themselves might think that that would be where they would belong. But again, it's not really something that's super advertised with a lot of people just because of how it's associated. So it's not like, you know, somebody who is bisexual, like you could tell whether they come out with it or like, you know, they're dating a woman and then they're or they're dating a man or they find both attractive and would be comfortable dating either. Um, Demisexuality really just. I mean, it's based on 
you know, some emotional connection. And even then, it's not always, it doesn't always necessarily guarantee a sexual attraction to somebody. Um, a lot of the asexual scale in general is pretty fluid. So you could switch from demisexual to gray sexual to asexual to sexual. Like, it varies widely person to person and is not always set. So can you kind of unpack the asexual spectrum a little bit? Because this is a new layer for me. Like, it's not just who you're attracted to. It's if you're attracted to anybody. Yeah, sometimes. Um, so the asexual flag has four colors. It's purple, white, black, and gray. So, so that means there's like four main I guess, branches under the asexual umbrella. So an asexual person would experience very little to no sexual attraction at all. Um, and just so we're clear, sexual attraction in this case is finding someone sexually appealing and wanting to have sex with them. That's what I mean by sexual attraction. Um, so as an asexual person would want none of that, have very, very little interest in it. Um, the opposite of that is sexual or allosexual, which is what it sounds like. You would ha you would want that. You would want to experience that. Um, gray sexual is kind of the middle point. Um, they rarely experience sexual attraction or experience it with low intensity. And then demisexuality, you know, it is really only under certain circumstances that you could or would feel sexual attraction. Um, so it's very fluid and it's very, very kind of easy to move between the different sections or pieces um, under that, which they call the asexual umbrella. Okay. Yeah, that, that's not something that I have heard talked about a lot, which is why I'm grateful for people like you as well as some of my other friends who are on the asexual spectrum to kind of be able to unpack that for me in a way that I would be able to understand because that's never something that I've had to question about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it is very confusing with how similar they all are. Um, another way to think about at least the difference between demisexual, being demisexual and being gray sexual is that gray sexual people could experience sexual attraction to people they don't necessarily have a close bond with, but for demisexual people, it's only people they would have a close bond to where they might or might not experience a sexual attraction. So would you say demisexual is closer to asexual than, than gray is? Hmm. I, it's kind of hard. Honestly, I would probably say demisexual would be closest to gray. And with gray being the midpoint, it Honestly, I think it would jump side to side of that midpoint 
for some people it could lean more towards the asexual side and for some people it could lean more towards the sexual side. I think it really is just very variant on each individual and how they feel. So for some of the people that I've interviewed over the past four weeks, it, there's always been a a coming out story or coming out stories for whoever you deem as important in your life. So like, hey, I am gay or I am bi or I am demisexual or whatever. Do you have something like that? Um. It hasn't really been anything, at least for me personally, super life-changing, super, like, monumental. Um, the biggest, I guess, coming out event would be when I had to come out to my partner and just kind of let him know this is what's going on. Um and from there, we were able to f kind of work it out, figure it out. Um, I'm no longer with that partner. But, like, I've ha I have come out to other friends. For me, it's more of just a casual mention rather than any sort of big thing that I would have to stress or, like, worry about how people would respond Part of that is because a lot of people don't know what it is. So instead of, you know, it being met with however people are feeling, it's more of a what is that type situation. Yeah. Um, but I can also kind of bring it up in a joking manner as well. Like I have a lot of friends who are guys and just being guys, you know, this whole topic comes up and we laugh and we joke and... I just make a joking comment about it or whatever, and then they all look at me and don't really understand. And so then I get to explain and educate about something that isn't well known. Yeah. And like, do you, do you think that this is something that isn't talked about enough? The asexual spectrum as opposed to the sexual spectrum? Yeah. I think there definitely needs to be more education when it comes to the asexual spectrum in general because I have I've had people messaging me and they're like I know absolutely nothing about this can you teach me and as I mean I did this research for myself about I think it was about five years ago at this point um so it's been a while for me so even I have to relook it up because Definitions are constantly changing and evolving as we grow as people and learn more. Um, but most people hear asexual and just think, oh, so you're just against it. Not necessarily. Um, because there's a whole spectrum underneath that part of the LGBTQ spectrum. And... Not to be jokey, it's a lot more than just being black and white. It's not. It's a lot more than just a black and white definition. So I think that there definitely needs to be a lot more education and a lot more awareness for all 
sexual and gender orientations, but asexuality and that spectrum, especially. You bring up the black and white imagery. That's that's something that I have also had to struggle with personally, because that is the way that I think. I think in very, like, there's a very dualistic nature to the way I think about the world and process things, because it is this or that, black or white, left or right, up or down. It, but the older I get, the more I realize how big the proverbial gray area is. And it gets bigger every day as I find out more about myself, more about other people, more about the world, more about um, just more about life as a whole and how I live a lot of my life in the gray area and that sometimes being all the way one way or all the way the other isn't necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when it comes to things like this, because I was raised in an environment where this wasn't really present. And I don't, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I don't, I can't imagine that you were either. I think I was aware of all of the different spectrums and pieces growing up, especially high school and college. I hadn't really done much research into any of them until I hit college and started to identify as demisexual. That was when I really started looking into the difference between all of the different things, pansexual, bisexual, heterosexual, homosexual. Like I looked into every single one of them because I knew people were going to ask me questions. I knew I was going to get the questions of, so you don't like having sex? Or so are you interested in other people? So are, you know, they, a lot of people will be like, so how is that different from pansexual? How is that different from not being non-binary? So I had to look into a lot more of these things and places on the different spectrums so that I could answer these questions because it's just not something a lot of people are familiar with. And, you know, you hear a lot of these terms, especially nowadays, but unless you really take the time to truly understand what each one means, you're either not going to be able to keep them all straight, no pun intended, or that was probably a really poor choice of words, but, um, you know, you're not going to be able to differentiate between all of them and truly understand how each individual who identifies the way they do, they do, do. Absolutely. Like I, I, I've brought this up before, but my journey to understanding more about the people in this community started with a um, a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him to spare his identity. I'm gonna call him Nick. And Nick, uh, Nick and I didn't get along at first. 
because at the time I was a lot less open to a lot of things than I am now. And Nick was openly bisexual. And after talking with him and trying to empathize more with him, as well as finding out that a lot of the people that I knew were also members of that community, that is what truly got me started on this road because that was about eighth grade when that all happened. And ever since then, I've just learned more and more and more. And as I've been on the internet more, I've just found out so much more than I ever would have thought about, you know, people don't always experience sexual attraction. People don't always experience romance. And that's all perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really great, especially with allies who take the time to listen and understand and open their mind to the idea that all of these different things are out there and all we need is just people who are willing to listen and stand up and talk. That's why I'm here. I am here to use the position and platform that I have to give one to those who don't have one. And that's what I've come to learn what being an ally is all about. Is Mm -hmm. that you have a platform Everyone does because we have computers in our pockets. So you might as well use it for the betterment of others. Mm -hmm. So Rachel, as we come close to wrapping up, do you have any encouraging words for people who might be wrestling with the fact that they might not have sexual feelings for other people? It's okay. You are valid in how you feel. Other people's opinions do not matter when it comes to your sexual preferences. It is so over-expressed in movies, in media, in TV. But really, all that matters is that you feel comfortable in your own skin... You stick to your decisions. And if you do have a partner, because it is possible to have a romantic partnership with someone on the asexual spectrum, if you do have that romantic partner, as long as they respect you and they understand, that's really all that matters. Thank you, Rachel. Is there anything that you would like to plug or ways that people can reach you if they have questions yeah if you want to reach me you can find me on twitter at simply fox you can dm me um if you want to follow me on instagram i have two uh at simply fox or at rachel dot one 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 two um i don't really post much over there but if you want to dm me there as well you can um i'm willing open always love to talk about these things wonderful 
Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the final week of Pride Month of True Stories of a Tryhard for 2020. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. Those are zeros and the e's are threes. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at truestoriespod. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin and Rachel Fox signing off. Hello, those of you who are listening after the outro music. This is a little special moment for those of you who have been thinking about joining the Patreon but haven't quite yet. Um, if you join the Patreon right now, all through the month of July, all the proceeds of your um, donations will go directly to the Trevor Project. So anyone who joins during the month of July, I'm extending Pride into July by donating all my proceeds from Patreon to the Trevor Project. So please, if you would like, any little bit goes a long way. I'd like to keep the show going as long as I can so that way both I and you, listener, can gain more perspective and explore our own mental health. So if you would like to donate i would be very appreciative if not that's fine too but any little bit helps so thank you for donating and thank you even more for listening